Excellent. Right on. Welcome to uh, Chopping It Up. This week we are sitting with a local legend, <laughs> <laughs> a, a DC staple, you know, the uh, the man behind the movement. Uh, the man was a thousand voices. I don't know if that's actually a good one. That might be concern for uh, cause for concern. But uh, yes, please introduce yourself, please. Uh, hmm. Kimon Freeman, angry black man in therapy, uh, co-founder of WEAC Radio, uh, co-founder of um, Black Love Festival. And I'm definitely not behind the movement, but I've been a supporter of the movement. And it's important to have people acknowledge that uh, 1997, the movement, the longest running open mic uh, in the history of D.C., was launched and the uh, Black Love Festival, the last um, black cultural arts event annually, um, was founded in 1997 and um, we're just fighting to stay alive. So thank you for having me. Yeah, man, absolutely. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you here. I'm excited to, to talk about some things, you know. I, uh, I've i been a big fan of your work for a long time. Really? Yeah, I remember um, seeing Black Love Festival a lot of years ago um, wow. and just really appreciating that it existed and I thought it was cool. Thank you. Um, and I was, you know, glad that it existed in D.C., you Thank know. You. Um, so I, I'm... You know, hopeful that maybe it, it will and you, continue and, to. And stay. I always admired the, the 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 name of your your company, One Love Massive, because um you know for those that know me, you know I say One Love as a greeting on the phone, you know. Right. And people calling me like One Love, like is that how you answer the phone? I'm like, it's my phone. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, if you don't like the way I answer my phone, then don't call me. Right, it's simple. Yeah, it's simple. Well, this is a business. You know what? That's how I do business. One love. <laughs> well, I answer the phone. Yo, yo. So yeah. I feel like you're doing better than I am. Yeah, you know I, I, mean? I, I sign off emails with one love. Right. And they're like, oh, that's not professional. And I, and I, you know, I'm look. That's yeah, that's what we do. We we turn our head yeah, like exactly. this. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, and I just think we do business differently. I mean, thank God for that. You know what I mean? Uh, professionally, whatever that means. You know, I spent a lot of. time. I hate that word. Yeah, you know, I feel like. Uh, well, I spent a lot of time in real estate finance, thirteen years, mm. and I realized that you can be wearing a three thousand dollars suit and still have no idea what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes the clothes do not make the man. Uh, mm. And you know, if you want an industry, if you want to be an industry expert, it doesn't involve getting fitted for uh, suits and being at the mall. It uh -huh. means working a lot right. and taking care of business. So, uh, you know, as a woman in that industry, I had to constantly prove. And I and I did that by not, you know, adhering to the typical dress code and dress rules and acting like a professional woman. I just, you know, pitbulled that shit and I was really good at it. So you they know, couldn't say anything. You know, I, I never understood this when my grandmother used to say it all the time. But and she would say it not like to me. She was it's something like I think, you know, one of those cliches people repeat to themselves or something. Cause she would say, you know, um, clean people with dirty hands and dirty people with clean hands. You know, <laughs> what does that even mean, hey, man? Like, like you know, what is that? <laughs> you know, the world is topsy turvy. You know, you you know, there's I, I tell my students I run a uh, media arts training program where we act radio every every summer with Marion Bear's Summer Youth Employment Program, and I instill in them one of the things I instill in them is there's there there has been more theft from men in suits and briefcases than a street guy with a gun. Oh, 100%. You know, sign here right. versus stick them up. Now, who right. has made off with the most? Right, loot? who's the worst? <laughs> who's the yeah. worst? Yeah. So, yeah, so so tell us about, uh, you know, let's talk about We Act Radio. What is We Act Radio? Give we, us give us the background. We Act Radio is DC's only independent um, radio station. Uh, it's a full, um, full service media bro broadcast um, um, company as well. Uh, we was founded November 11, 2011, 11 a.m., 
and we have um, since uh, produced content for uh, national um, syndicated um, outlets. Um, we're on WCPT in Chicago. We're on uh, Free Speech TV in New York. Uh, we've produced the number one local uh, broadcast for NPR for 2016, an award-winning broadcast, mind what's, you. What's, uh, what is that Anacostia Unmapped. We nice. Anacostia Map was a radio series. Because that's where the station is, right? Yeah, in we're in Anacostia. Anacostia. Yeah, we're east of the river because we want to make a stance um, on that side of town and represent sure. those issues and be the underbelly of the nation's capital on the radical side of Marley King Avenue. Um, uh, last week, unfortunately, we suffered um, uh, a devastating robbery. Mm. Uh, it was a personal attack. Took us off air. Uh, the guys came in clean. It was a professional job. And for those who don't know that since Trump has been in office, he's actually called the media the opposition party. And every media outlet has like doubled their security. You know, mm. like you used to could walk into the lobby of a, a media company now and you, you can't even do that. Right. Uh, and uh, we didn't get the memo, I guess. And, uh, you know, we suffered the consequences. But the outpouring of support um, has been tremendous. You yeah. Know? And now the city knows um, that we have an audience. You know, we was able to raise... Uh, over twenty five thousand dollars in forty eight hours. Twenty eight thousand, actually. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That. You said it. You said it. Oh you know, man, you said it. And uh, that I mean, we even had people putting lipstick on our window. You know, it's it's you know it's, it's been tremendous. You know, so like I said before, you know, we went from you couldn't be a progressive in Washington D.C. and not have heard of We Act Radio. Now you can't be a progressive in Washington D.C. and not love We Act Radio. And We Act Radio is it's kind of like you know you know the the stepchild of a WPFW. WPFW right. is the mother station, the mothership, and they've been doing a fantastic job um, for all this time. But um, their audience is aging, and we're hoping that more young people would participate in independent media and see the value in that. And we're just doing you know what we can to put some paint where it ain't. Well, I respect that. I definitely want to get more involved with We Act. I don't know. Yeah, how, we want to do. We we're going to talk about doing this 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 art all night together. But you yes, know, yes, we got to discuss it. But you know. But even beyond that, you know, I think it's important. Uh, you know, the radio station is super huge. Um, I I've always um, still definitely dream of running a pirate radio station. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we're a legal pirate radio station. Yeah, I kind of want to be an illegal it. pirate radio. Well, station. to be honest with you, I do have uh, uh, a AM uh, uh, transistor transistor in our basement, you know, so I can actually hook up an antenna and turn on. <laughs> Uh, All right, we're going to have to edit yeah, this out yeah. later. So I was going to use that in emergency broadcast That's situations. what I'm saying. So when the lights go off, right? Lights go know? off. I'm turn Oh, I'm definitely turning it on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, of course, I got to get trained. <laughs> I'm a, let me say that. I'm going to try to turn it on. Right, right. I mean, details, <laughs> Let me get with my details. man so I can learn how to do this. Ne- necessity breeds change. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, well, I think if I just smoke the right stuff, I can I can figure right. it out. You know, like, We makes you smart. They won't tell you it makes you dumb. Let me tell you, young people, we makes you smart. That's right. All right? Now, you can abuse <laughs> anything. You know, you can abuse anything. You can eat too much food. You can drink too much water, you know? You can drink too much diet coke uh, but, your bones. But you know how many brilliant ideas has happened off of weed? Hey, you know, Steve Jobs uh, credits LSD and hallucinogenics to, like, all there of you his have inventions. It. There you have it. Imagination is more important than knowledge. Mm. Mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, yeah. Um, that, like that that is uh, Albert Einstein. I like that. So... So to recap, the studio is broken in. You guys put, and I watched the whole thing unfold. Uh, you put up a, a fundraiser for fifteen grand. 
And you hit that in like a half a day, right? Yeah, I hit it in less than less less than a day. Yeah. And then so you jumped it up because you probably realized, wait a minute, fifteen ain't gonna get this done anyway. Yeah, you um, you was trying to do the Kendrick Lamar shit, you know, stay humble. Right. And then you're like, wait a minute, humility is for the birds. We need to get this. Stuff yeah, because replaced. fifteen will re- re- replace everything we lost, but that doesn't play for a new security system that right. we obviously need. Right. And all the downtime. <laughs> yeah. And, and and lost wages. I'm out of work. You know what I'm saying? So if you right. see me in the street, please buy me a drink. Hand me a J, you know, give me five dollars, you know what I'm saying? Because my kid like to eat every day. You know. um, shout out to Adasi, um, the organization is who actually came to me and made sure I was eating, uh, made sure I was taking care of and all my friends who stepped up. And, and also, we have um, um, John Chambers, uh, my brother in arms, um, Bloom Bars. Uh, you yeah, bloom, yeah, we yeah. bloom. They're doing a fundraiser for us as a, um, a jam session. That's awesome. So, we were asking all the artists to come out for that. That's September 9th. That's on uh, on Saturday. Come out for that. Yeah, next Saturday, you know? right? And um, and, and September's literacy month because this kind of like puts puts our goal of creating the only bookstore Easter River on the back burner a little bit because we're still trying to renovate our basement to right. create the only bookstore Easter River. We, we're trying to involve ourselves with some real things, you know, and um, uh, 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 associate ourselves with, uh, you know, uh, I think what we need to do is control as much as we can, you know. Control as much as you can. And that's what you're doing. You're controlling what you can, you know? Trying to create a platform that can sustain and exist long after I'm gone, man. How long has One Live Master been in in existence? 15 years. 15 years. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. That is, that is, you need to be commended. It's like uh, either congratulatory or sadomasochistic. I I, I just want to thank our haters for bringing us together. You know, know? shout out. We're not even going to name them. No, I don't name them. They're they're the fan club. That's right. All our haters. Thank you. That's right. Cheers. You have introduced. Cheers. Yeah, we toasted to our Uh, ass. Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. Uh DC is a funny town. Yeah, it is. It's a very small town. It's a small town. That's why I choose to stay here, you know. Um I thought about leaving a couple of times. Um I had an opportunity to to move to New York. Um my my mother lives in North Carolina and she's like, I have a house for you here, baby. Right, what are you doing? You, what are you you ain't gotta pay rent. I'm like, who wants a house in North Carolina? (laughs) Can you you, move the house? Yeah, like, like, I got this house. Yeah, where is it at? What else comes with it? You know, I got friends moving to Atlanta. And I'm like, Atlanta's cool. The only thing problem with Atlanta is is in Georgia. It's in the South. (laughs) I'm afraid to go South. Slim, are you afraid to go South? Right, that's what I'm saying. I'm scared to go to Virginia after that. I I don't mess around. Last but, time um, I went to Virginia, a friend of mine got deported. Like, I don't mess with Virginia either. Oh, my God. That's super real, Serious. too. Yeah. Serious. On a bike ride. On a bike ride. hmm They pulled y'all on a bike. Well, he fell. He, he he fell and hurt himself, and they took him in the ambulance. And they got him and for he that. And a little bit of weed on him. Oh, my goodness. So we have a no Virginia rule. Sorry, oh. Virginia. I love you, but I'm not crossing the state line. <laughs> Virginia, I don't love you. <gasps> And if you ever want to see me, you better bring your ass on this he side of the world. Virginia ass you know on it. Like, <laughs> for real. I do not hang in Virginia. You know? No. I mean, Virginia's a crazy place. I my mean, kid has tutoring out there. I go out um, oh, every man. Saturday for tutoring. You like and get I, dressed up and like. Nah, nah. <laughs> no. And so you might catch me in Virginia on a Saturday um, doing the kid thing. But other than that, and I used to, and I went to high school in Virginia. Oh, yeah. Where'd you go to high school? Ah, uh, man. I, I usually don't own up to this. I usually don't own up oh, to this. Man. But it's been public record now. Uh, <laughs> Just I went embrace to, it. Yeah, I went to Mount Vernon High School in Alexandria. Uh-huh, yeah, okay. You know, I was like the Fresh Prince before it was Fresh Prince because right. crack, was, crack, crack was out when I was in high school. What year did you graduate high school? Uh, 88. 
38. Wow, so. you're the first person in the building that's been older than me. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. 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 That's, well, that's well, you're still here. That's great. Hey, man, I'm I'm embracing my age. I'm 47. I don't I don't feel any kind of way about it. You know, um, I still got a couple of beautiful women looking at me. You know, <laughs> I, I still got um, uh, my strength, and right. you know, um, so I don't have a problem with it. And I, a lot of my my friends are, who are not here. Right. You know, I right. feel I, and I, I, I feel this burden to really authentically represent, you know. <laughs> right. And at the same time, not to repeat the same mistakes I've seen others make. And we was talking about this off air and I wanted to get into it. It's like not not going into situations based upon other people's relationships. Somebody has a relationship with A and B and I'm C. That does not determine my relationship. You know, right. You know, and, you know, so if our mutual haters has a problem, why would I have a problem? You know, we was talking about cultural appropriation or cultural uh, exchange. I feel from what I've seen, we have a cultural exchange. Uh, a cultural pro- appropriation is theft, you know, mm. and I think in D.C. Um, we have a lot of, of people of color who are victimized because DC is the only city that I know of in America that doesn't have a poor white neighborhood. And so there, thereby white people are associated with wealth and black people are associated with, and I say this again, disorganized poverty, mm-hmm. you know, because there's black people with money, but it's disorganized. Therefore you impoverish because you are island unto yourself and you're not working together. And people say, Oh, it's, is, is white people having meetings against you? Think there's a conspiracy? Uh, yeah, there's called the Cato Institute, the, uh, the Heritage Foundation. You know, um, on the you know all these think tanks. They call mm-hmm. them think tanks. And yeah, you, you, look look what's happening. It's, it's it's not a game that or an accident that we've seen. Uh, white flight in the '60s, leaving these urban areas devoid of resources and tax bases, and then. Drugs come in and create these excruciating uh, war zones. And then after everyone is locked up dead or in jail or uh, they buy up property cheap and they sell it, you know, at an uh, all time high rate. And what white people, not you, but what white people need to realize uh, who are gentrifiers that come into this area, that they was been exploited too. this is a developer's dream because they what they do is 30 years ago, somebody came to. These, these white areas and said you know that those people are moving in and you better sell now before the prices drop and you lose all that you work for and da, da, da. so they move and then their kids 30 years later are going to move back to the same area and pay these ridiculous prices right you know what I'm saying because they right. are ridiculous prices yeah, whether you can uh, quote unquote afford them or not and a lot of people cannot afford them that's another no. um, a fallacy everybody ain't paid okay right, right. yeah the area median income might be a hundred thousand dollars but most people are not making a hundred thousand no, dollars exactly you know what I'm saying that means somebody's making five six seven or what up uppers of that and then there's the rest of us you right. know so that you know, I know personally of three white guys who live in a three thousand dollar a month apartment, and it's a two bedroom. <laughs> so right. you know, and what they told me is that you know whoever doesn't have a girl gets the couch. <laughs> you know, there's a couch and there's two beds. You know, if you don't have a girl, you get the couch. 
you know, and they rotate, you know. I'm just thinking about all the disgusting germs that must be on there you those go. beds. I'm sorry, there I got go. a little distracted. So you think that. because they got, you know, the concierge and the gym right. and the granite kitchen countertop, but they getting it. There's three dudes in there. Right, struggling. You and know? then not only that, but... A lot of those apartments are, are garbage. Yeah, the I mean, they're small. You can't smoke weed in them without oh your neighbors. Go, You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's really not like. Yeah, so it's not, they're not getting it. So this city mm-hmm. really needs to understand that this, they, they are at the verge of a crisis. It's a housing crisis. Most people are paying more than 30% of the income in housing. I live in Trinidad, and I'm still paying. Trinidad. Do you see what I'm saying? Come on, then. Come on, then. Like, like, I'm just blessed. I'm, in a, I'm like in an art, artist housing. And right. that's the only reason I'm able to survive. I'm in the artist housing. And I think that it, they shouldn't have, you know, um, affordable housing. And I don't like the word workforce housing. That means if you can have a job in the city, then you should be able to live in the city with 30% of the income from that job in that city. That's mm-hmm. workforce housing. And that's not the chase. Where's the balance? Yeah. yeah. So we can talk We can talk more about, you know, that you drive the conversation. I had to get out from my chest. It's okay. I mean, you know, I'm just here to chat with you. There's no. How long we got? We got all the time in the world. We can say and do whatever we want. Molly, I, 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 you know, your reputation precedes you. <laughs> I'm counting on it. <laughs> Look, man, let's be real. It, like, um, there's a, uh, I can't think of the brother's name. He's no longer with us. He's no longer with us, unfortunately. Um, he's a white brother. Uh, he produced uh, a couple films. You know, I'm going, I'm a, um, uh, aspiring filmmaker right um, right we're gonna talk we're gonna talk i'm with it man right? um and he produced yo and tv raps okay i can't think of his name he's no longer with it. he's also produced the film with johnny depp when johnny depp was the was a drug dealer anybody helping you out um blow or something oh yeah was a, was that a, was a big movie was it blow? blow when he was, it was uh, blow yeah he sold a lot of coke yeah he did that he did that film mm. he's no longer he had a heart attack or something for something oh man anyway had it not been for him Yo MTV Raps wouldn't have happened. And another thing we need to mention, the, the president of NPR, as of two years ago when I was there, was a producer on Yo MTV Raps. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we'll put that out there. Anyway, um, <laughs> and so what I'm saying is, is that Yo MTV Raps really is the quintessential watershed moment for hip-hop in terms of bringing it to the masses. Yo MTV, MTV Rap brought the masses hip-hop. Yeah. And so... We need to understand that this culture exchange is good because we're trying to break down the system of white supremacy and, and exclusion and, and, and what have you. In order to do that, all of us got to wake up. And the masses of people, um, um, the young people, I think, have really bought into this exclusion, this exchange. It's the old passing guard that's clinging to their guns and their Bible. Right. That is not, that, you know, because they, they would throw their kids out the house. Right. Well, I mean, the younger generation is just like, fuck all your stereotypes. You got dudes that look like they could beat you up wearing like drop pearl earrings and skirts and shit. Just like, <laughs> fuck with me, right? And I really respect that because they're just changing the gender norms and societal shout norms. Out, shout out to Check It. That was a gay gang that was whooping everybody's ass. <laughs> they're my next door neighbors in Anacostia. They now run a legitimate business, Check It Enterprises. Shout out to them. That's awesome. That's from gang to To LLC. gangs to entrepreneurs. That's amazing. I, yeah. I like the sound like, of Like, you know you bad. You wear a dress and be like, whoop somebody's ass. Right. <laughs> And, and pick you know, your purse up. <laughs> right. And, and saunter right check on it, out of there, it. you know? But but I love the fact that they've really challenged all those norms. And yeah. so, um, and, and you know, like you could go to the the the, the flea market or the whatever, the uh, thrift store and, and buy 
whatever you can afford and none of it could match and you could wear it and you could be the coolest guy in the room now, mm -hmm. right? So like the poverty lens, like all those things don't come in play. You look at these younger generations, you put 10 dudes, you know, 10, 20 year old dudes in a room and there's no common denominator. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Everybody's got their own style, their own swag, everything else. And so I think that um, it's just, you know, the kids are getting it way more right than than the adults, you know? Yeah, because, you know, they, they, this, this no one's born with biases or prejudices right. or racism. You know, that stuff is handed down and taught and instilled in, in, in people. And that's, we're trying to break the cycle. I, I actually am convinced that we are witnessing the dismantling of, of of the old changing God, the white supremacy model, is falling apart. You you know, like, did you ever see the movie Free State of Jones? No. Is what's, what's the brother name? I love this cat. Um, is it Matthew McConaughey is his yeah, name. Yeah, McConaughey. Ma McConaughey. Yeah. I love him. I I, I love his wife more. <laughs> She's Brazilian. He had good taste. But anyway, um, <laughs> Free State of Jones. I had never heard of this. Me neither. But Free State of Jones was there were during the Civil War. People who was fighting for the Confederate side, they were conscripted to fight, you know, drafted or whatever. But if you owned slaves or had, you know, money, you could buy your way out of serving. So because that, I, I can't think of the name of what that 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 law was. So that caused a lot of infighting, and so there was a lot of deserters from the Confederate side. And at that time, if you was a deserter, you you can get shot on the spot. Right. All right. So they ran to the swamps. By anybody knows that. You know, yeah. So, and who are in the swamps? The runaway slaves. So these runaway Confederate soldiers joined with the fugitive slaves right. and created their own free state of Jones. That's they, amazing. They combined and they worked together. And they were liberated pockets in the South that wasn't playing that stuff, you know. And people, and, and the story is just fascinating to me because it shows when working class people work together and don't subscribe to the notion, the racist notion that America has taught all of us that, you know, you know, you're, you're Mexican, you're not supposed to be with Puerto Ricans and you're Dominican, you're not supposed to be with Haitians and you're white, you're not supposed to be with black. And if you're Christian, you're not supposed to be Muslim. You're not to, they do all this divide and conquer right. so they can run shit. And I think we're starting to get hip to how we have all been exploited by the same system. And I think their time is running out and um, maintaining that system. Yeah, I feel like that's like the silver lining in this like, you know, mess that this whole country is not is in now, but has been in, but it's just really bubbled to the surface with all the, you know, armed Nazis in the streets and everything else. But I, I think you're right. I think like while it seems overwhelming um, and like really alarming, I think it's also just showing how weak and stupid and unorganized they are. I mean, like in Charlottesville, I mean, the... Um, Tiki torches, like young, you couldn't have made a fucking torch, man. Like soak a rag with going with gasoline and wrap it around a stick. Like you, you guys couldn't even make your own. You know, like it's really that incapable. Uh, it's a, like these belief systems, and the more comfortable they are in putting them out, the easier it is to identify them and shut them down and really expose them for 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 what they are. Well, a lot know? of people need to know, and they don't know, and they wasn't told by a black president or two black attorney generals or another Democratic president before them, um, was the FBI had a report, uh, 2006 report, that confirms that law enforcement has been infiltrated by white supremacists. Right. They're called they call ghost skins. And they don't 
use tiki torches or right. wear swastikas or screen white power or anything like that. They just quietly accepts um, positions of power, um, judges and criminal um, justice positions to further their agenda. And that's what we're seeing. That's why you see, um, you know, these cases with Black Lives Matter. That's why you see these officers not being um, treating those guys with torches, beating up people right, the same way they treat watching. unarmed. Like Ferguson, they was throwing tear gas. Right, okay? before anything even. Yeah, so what's, what's, what's up with that? <sighs> you know, so there you have it. And so that's all out in the open there. And that's what we need to do is, is tell these stories and um, urge people uh, in our circles, um, and because uh, the revolution starts around the dinner table, we're discussing it right now. Um, the fact that you and I are discussing these issues, I think, is revolutionary. You know, agreed. Um, and I think that we need to recognize the power that we do have, and we're um, the real um, um, voice of the city, and we're the real people in this country, and um, we need to recognize that and um, throw the bums out, as Prince would say. You remember Pop Life? Right. Throw the bums out. <laughs> yeah. Get rid yeah. of them. Shout out to Prince. I think he was killed, by the way. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a conspiracy. Shout out to Dick Gregory. I'm a conspiracy theorist like Dick Gregory. Um, if you, you either believe everything you see here and read or you believe in the validity of some conspiracies. Oh, yeah. You can't have it both ways. I'm a, I'm you a, either believe everything you see here and read or you believe in the validity of some conspiracies. I'm a 25 percenter. That's where that's my What's 25. I, I believe 25 percent of everything. I oh, yeah. 25 percent of everything you hear. Yeah. Oh, OK. That's dope. Good or bad. You oh, yeah? know what I mean? Good or because bad. you can't you can't you know, you can't subscribe to anything 100 so percent unless you saw it yourself. You got two ears, two eyes. So you you, you, you counting on like one fun. ear or one eye. You know, I, I take it all in. I master the track. You know what I'm saying? I take the 25. I take the 25. I'm going to roll with that. That sounds like an accurate number. You know, well, because it's like. Even the conspiracy theory documents, you're like, all right, I'm with you, I'm with you, and then all right, you lost me like that. Yeah, all the aliens. Now you lost me all the aliens. Like, come on, you know man. You know? And that might be true, but it's I'm agnostic like, as it comes to aliens because right, it makes no difference in my world. You right. know what I'm saying? The existence or non-existence of aliens, unless you're telling me that the aliens are these people who are actually in positions of power. Now, uh, I mean, I low key think reptilian thing. Right. You know, I mean, I low key think April, um, Oprah's an alien. But you think Oprah's an alien? A little bit. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> <laughs> the young, the fat Oprah um, or the skinny the Oprah? The older, more millionaire esque <laughs> okay. Oprah. Okay. But you know, she's doing good things. I'm you not told Harpo to beat me. <laughs> nah, I, shout out to Oprah on the color purple. I give her that. She 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 was the only person that was kicking ass in the, in the color purple. She was kicking ass. She knocked out the mayor. She knocked out her husband. You know what I'm saying? Like anybody was off off chain was was in her sight. Oprah. Shout out to Oprah. Yeah, I mean she's a beast. Let's just put it out there. I mean, yeah, but so you know, but I got issues now. I'm talking about Oprah in that movie now, and then we talk about you know that I got some issues with Oprah, the you know the, the mogul, you know. You well, hear I, I got issues with all millionaires, <laughs> frankly. You know yeah. what I mean? You there's, there's not a millionaire you like? Dude, if I had millions of dollars and millions of Twitter followers, I would start a fucking revolution like that. Hey, shout out to Ted Leonis. We need to get together September 30th at the uh, Politics and Pros. We did on a fundraiser for us there. Nice. Uh, Derek Hyra, who produced a book called uh, Cappuccino City. I urge you to see read that book. Uh, Cappuccino City. I urge our, our viewers to check that book out. It really... Uh, com- uh, really explains the commodification of our culture and how you have all these buildings named after black people, but no black people can afford to live in them. Right. And and that makes it more acceptable. You know, um, it talks about the um, the private bar 
Um, I can't think of the name of the private bar. Guys, help me out. Y'all got more money, disposable money in it than I do. Um, it's next door to Marvin's. It's a little gray building, yeah. unlocked door, inconspicuously in between Marvin's. Speakeasy, and yeah, yeah, it's a speakeasy, and you have to text to get in, and, and it's like overpriced drinks. Because they want the ghetto experience. They want to be right next to that ghetto liquor store. Right, they want to walk right. in, just past the seedy people to get in it. And it's like black branding. And right. the Cappuccino City actually talks about the marketing of this. And it really breaks it down. And um, Ted Leonis, for those who don't know, is the owner of um, the uh, uh, Washington um, Mystics and the Wizards. Oh, wow. Uh, and he's coming to, to Southeast, and he raves about this book. And so Derek Hira has agreed to do an interview with WEAC Radio on September 30th of Politics and Prose. And we're waiting for Ted Leonis to um, confirm. Ted, we need to hear from you. Come through. What's up, Ted? Let Ted, come through. You come to Southeast on my side of town, bro. We need to do this, man. That's right. All right. So, yes, yeah, so if you, if I was a millionaire, there would be a revolution. Because that's unfortunately what's going to have to, have to happen. Right. A, 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 a millionaire would have to fund a revolution. Right. Like, first thing I do is, like, pay all the unpaid, like, school lunch tabs across the country. Bam. Done. Word? Yeah. Because the kids, man. Kids like the you know adults are adults are already kind of damaged. We need to work on them, but we need to let the kids lead. And if you make sure the kids are fed, and the kids are nourished, you so know, you offer you offer some free breakfast program. I mean, I don't you know I'm not I'm not intelligent enough to speak on that like uh, from a city you know resource mm-hmm. standpoint. Um, but I just don't think kids should be hungry. No, ever. You know, no. and like there's enough money. Like or- if you can go to the speakeasy. And get texted in and pay twenty dollars for a drink, then you can like throw twenty dollars towards a I lunch these, program. I see these know? kids selling M and M's on the train, right? right? And I've seen how people like look at them disgustingly. I'm like, yo, you need to support that. These kids are out here showing Hustling. you some entrepreneurial spirit, trying right. to do things the right way, and you're looking, you, you're down. looking at them like they they begging you for something. You could, you know, give and them you a dollar. You want those M&Ms. Yeah, give them a Stop dollar for the trying. freaking M&M. Right. And, then, and what freaked me out is that these kids, the kids I'm talking about, I would give them a dollar, sometimes two dollars, and I'm like, I don't need the M&Ms. So like, no, no, you, no, this is, we don't do charity. Really, like we have to. Like, that was his word, like, we don't do charity. He's like eight years old. He's and, telling me, we don't do charity. Take the M&Ms. I'm like, right. I, I, I'm, I appreciate that, little brother, but I don't need the M&Ms. Right. He's saying, you're going to take these M&Ms. <laughs> like, he's, like, he threw the M&Ms. Like, right. you going to take And, and right. I seen them several times, and that's his, his thing. They don't do right. charity. I'm like, I, and I'm, here's an eight-year-old that I have to respect. For sure. You know? He's working harder than some I mean, come on, man. You know? And I, I think that we need to make our minds up. And I think that capitalism makes us desensitized to the humanity of people. Well, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I kind of live in this bubble here at One Love Massive. I'm surrounded by a lot of people that I respect and love and a lot of art and music and creatives. And, you know, my life is, is pretty great. And so I've been, uh, I haven't witnessed a lot of the new DC stuff that people, you know, people that work in bars are dealing with this mm. new DC, this really awful side to thing. And, and every once in a while I'll get like a little glimpse. But for me, new DC isn't really defined by the people that are moving in. Um, but it's just this level. They always count the people moving in. They don't count the people that's moving out. Well, and and they're not counting the people that are like nodding out in wheelchairs in front of CVS every day. Like, mm. you know, and that's that's what I see more and more every single day is the disparity of like grown men and women who, you know, did what they were supposed to. And then, you know, like, you know, if you don't have a family, if you don't have support, maybe they all died. What happens when you're, 75 and and you lose a leg who's supposed to take care of you you know no one no one grows up thinking you know when i get older i want to 
I want to sit in front of the CVS on a wheelchair and nod out. You know, that reminds me, again, I talk about my grandma a lot because she took me to the top of the Washington Monument, the highest point in the city, and she told me I can be anything, I can do anything. And she was the person that believed in me before um, anyone else. So I always credit her for so much in my mind. And she, she, she slapped me one time. My grandma slapped me once. And it was because she had gave $5 to this homeless man. And this is like in the 70s, mm-hmm. right? I'm a kid. And so she gave $5. That's like giving $20 a day, right? right? And so I was like, Grandma, why you give that bum $5? She popped me in my mouth. She said, I don't want you to ever call another human being a bum. You don't know who he is or what he's done or who what he's been through. Him you know what who, yeah. She was like, we'll see how you end up. And then let's see where you be when it's over. Let's see where you end up, mm. how you end up. And that always scares me. So me to today, homeless people scare me. The only thing I'm scared of is homeless people because I look at them, especially if they're older than me, mm. I'm looking at them like, I got to work harder. That's me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got to make sure I don't end up like this. That's me, you know? yeah. And so I always respect people's humanity. But here, here's the thing. You could work as hard as you possibly can. Oh, work hard is not... Yeah, I mean, yeah let me clean that up. Like, let me clean that up. Yeah, let me clean I sound Republican right there. Let me clean that up. <laughs> let me clean that up. <laughs> I wasn't going to go Yeah, there, I'm just saying because that, that, you know, the interpretation of the people that's uh, viewing this is that the common just th- oh if they just work hard to get a job Pull up your bootstraps, yeah right? that's BS because nobody is. worked harder than my grandmother or other uh, millions of other people's grandparents come on come on there she worked she my grandmother had was not Jamaican and had three jobs and she took me to two of them <laughs> she you know what wasn't saying? So, Jamaican I like yeah, how you yeah, clarify so that don't see I would I would I would I would I would come to blows with somebody accusing us of being lazy. Because you don't know what hard work is. You know, who built this country, you know? Right. So what are you talking about? You know, but this country is based on exploitation. It has exploited people. And we need to understand that. That's what capitalism does. It exploits people. 100%. And we need, and we need to, you know, have a socialist democracy to put some reins on that, you know? Like, you should not have to pay the highest possible amount for housing. That's 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 it, it's ridiculous. Yeah, that's Especially that's ridiculous. Especially when you look at like um. So I recently had this conversation with this woman um, when they were shutting down one of the homeless encampments uh, under the K Street Bridge in Northeast like a month or so ago. They was closing homeless homeless encampments. Yeah, you know, the like, people with tents like and stuff. Tents, a little tent city under the bridge, and so what had happened? There's like two two like one on K and one on L, and somebody had uh, overdosed and died in one of the tents, and nobody realized it for a few days. And so when they did, they like cleaned all the areas out. Um, and there was some like reports of violence and different things going on. That's what the city said. So I got very upset about it, and I really got. They created that scenario. Yeah, well, that's it. I was like, well, where are they going? Where are you putting them tonight? You know, I mean, I definitely was very, um, I was very aggressive with the conversation because I was really upset to see, you know, because I ride my bike by there every day, and I, you know, help mm. them out when I can. I bring them food during the holidays, and you know, you know, I'm aware of of some of the people under there because they're in my neighborhood, and so. Um, you know, with REI opening up right down the block, people had like really nice tents. Mm-hmm. And in this one particular tent city, they had like, like this is what really got me. They had American flags, like little flower pots with American flags in them on like in the front of their tent. How are you poor and patriotic? Like, how that work? You know what I'm saying? Like, how, like, I'm like, angry on yeah. your behalf. You know I'll what I'm saying? Like, what? What? Patriot. <laughs> you know? Like, and that just, like, you know, wow, like, what, what, you know? And I then did, people be like, I don't want to give them money. They all they're gonna do is get high and get drunk. I'm like, Psh, 
You, you, Man, I drink just to get through an average you know what day. Saying? Like you know what? what you want to be broke and sober? Like how that's supposed? Like really? <laughs> right. Like right? How many martinis did you have last week, Tom? You know what I'm you saying? Know? Like really? Get the, you yeah. know, I seen this commercial and the lady. She's smoking a cigarette and she's drinking a coffee and she just popped the volume and she's driving by and she see the guy, uh, drug addicts. Right. <laughs> like yo, you just popped a pill drinking. Coffee right. and drink and smoking a cigarette in and, your car. In your car. Yeah, yeah I mean it's Drug a re- it's a real problem we have, and I, I think that's the new DC that just is really um, difficult to swallow because I see it more and more every day, especially with the older pop, um, population of people experiencing homelessness. So how how long have one laugh one one love mass has been in your current location? Uh, a year. A year. Yeah. One year. And your 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 leaseholder. I don't like. I don't use the word landlord. Your leaseholder, mm-hmm. uh, Thomas Hart. This is he. You know this cultural exchange. Molly, who is you know, battling accusations of appropriation, but she's renting a space owned by a black man <laughs> across from our theater. And like really, you well, know, and like the grindstone universal well, is downstairs. grindstone is downstairs. Like this is cultural exchange well and also grindstone is um my business part so there's one love massive but then there's dc as llc mm. and so grindstone is my partner on that so oh, really so the dc is fuck shirts you know which everybody shout out to grindstone i'm rocking representing exactly I'm representing. you got that you got I'm it always support and my socks too i'm rocking it all the way down to the socks g that's right i got you homie g to the socks yeah. like for real yeah um but yeah me and him partnered up on the shirt idea so actually you know um it's not just a white woman peddling dc is oh the dc is fuck Yep. So, Grindstone was with you on that? Yep. So people have been talking about They really have no idea. You know they, what I'm saying? And 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 one is it is justifiable rage misguided. You know? Right. I mean, so so in in all fairness, you know, and I, I joke about this all the time. If I was someone else looking in, I'd be like, who's this white broad? Like, like, what is this? Like I would be super suspect of me too, because there is a lot of appropriation going on. And especially in DC, people wanna you know, um, like graffiti culture is a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Like if you get caught doing graffiti, like you're gonna go to jail. But then you look at the cover of Forbes and every like cool art blog in DC, and what are they doing? Standing in front of a graffiti wall, mm-hmm. right? So they made like it's the same thing. It's like they made exactly. it cool. But if you happen to be the kid with a can in your hand the night before, you mm-hmm. might go to jail or you might get shot because you probably got a hoodie on mm-hmm. and you got a can in your hand that might look like a gun to a cop from a few feet away. Yeah. So you're literally risking your life and your freedom. To do that, you know yeah. what I mean? But then it's totally cool to stand in front of that picture, right? So it's kind of like, it's a lot of that going on where it's just like, you know, people make a lot of assumptions about things. Yeah, they call they call graffiti hieroglyphics in Egypt. Right. <laughs> you know? I mean, straight up, right? Like people study yeah. those and learn about cultures and things like that. And so, yeah. I mean, look, you know, Cool Disco Dan. That's a great example. Everybody's, cool Disco Dan. Everybody's celebrating him, you know, and don't and get me wrong. white filmmakers that brought that out. Yeah, they, well. They did his, his yeah. um, documentary. And that's how we know the story. I saw that document. It was they did a great job. It's an interesting, you know. I definitely am very aware of the space that I take up, and I, you know, I um. So for me personally, I left home at seventeen, and I've had a bunch of spinal. You issues. You left home at seventeen? Yes, sir. I left home at seventeen. So, was it voluntary? Uh yes, yes. Okay. I uh. Mine was involuntary. Well, you know, I I went to college. Uh, per my family's request, they really wanted me to to get it right, you know? Mm. And I got there and I did not get it right. I just, uh, it was not for me. Mm. Um, what school? At, uh, George Mason University. Oh, okay. And uh, I showed up and my roommate never showed up. And so I didn't go to anything for the first three weeks because I shut down. I was so uh, uncomfortable. I was like really out of my element. I didn't know anybody there. 
I didn't want to be there, and I didn't go to any classes. So by the third weekend, I had already failed every class, and I was just like living, you know, this crazy uh, interesting lie. And so I left before finals, and I moved. I got a one-way ticket to Boston, uh, and I got a job as a living nanny up there. And I called my parents and said, "Hey, really sorry, but uh, I'm not in Fairfax, and I'm never, I'm not coming back." You know, because I felt genuinely terrible that I'd wasted their money, but. Now as an adult, I'm like, did you know me at all? Why didn't you put me in business school? Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Now as an adult, I can look back at my formative wow. years and be like, you know, I was like the you know CEO and founder of the Multicultural Awareness Committee, the Homeless Committee. I was on every sports. Like, I was like, you know, someone are you, should are have been like, still with us? put us in big. Uh, yes, they are. Good. They're, good. So um, they see you. They see you. They, how do you feel about where you are now? Um, I don't know. They're they're super hands off, to be honest. They're they're not very active in my life. You know, they they raised me to be really independent, and I think that, um, you know, leaving the house at seventeen, and I just never went back. But I've uh, I have you know spinal issues and. Surgeries. Yeah, yeah I was just born, you know, I was just born with some stuff, but, uh, you know, it's just part, part of my story and part of what makes me me, but I've had to, um, really struggle, you know, and, and, and be in pain and be in surgeries and stuff. And so for me, I've just lived my life and I have embraced those who have embraced me, mm. you know? And so here I am, this is my life. One Love Massive is not an appropriation of things like I love hip hop and I love graffiti I, and I, told, I love and I've loved that shit my whole life. So I, I, I didn't plan on saying this because I said this off air and I didn't. And when I said it, I'm like, yeah, that's a true statement. If I was a white woman, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would be you. Oh, that's like the greatest compliment. I yeah. love that. It's, it's and I, mean, I think we need to get real about what we what we're talking about here and, and know who our enemies are. Here's a, here's a little brief history lesson for those who don't know. The Black Panther Party was funded by white people, okay? Jane Fonda, John Lennon, a whole lot of people put up money to to you know. Of course, they were self sustaining with the 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 uh, with the newspaper, but they was funded. They got a lot of money from white white people. We didn't understand that. All right, they did not run the Black Panther Party, but they helped fund the Black Panther Party. Um, another thing, uh, John Brown, and that's the film I want to make, and I hope that you uh, uh, would take me up on the offer. I would love to work with you. Um, the greatest white man who ever lived, and that's not just me saying that, that's uh, late great Baba Dick Gregory said that, uh, not only started the Civil War, he sacrificed his life and his sons, all five of them, for this, okay? Uh, Dick Gregory's name is when we brought him up. He is, we only know him because Hugh Hefner, that pimp, right. Hugh Hefner, you know, I say it pimp, I mean, straight up <laughs> put his... Dick Gregory on. Right. You know, I mean, and unfortunately, if we go back, there's all these success stories where some conscientious white person of means shared their resources and made something possible for the resistance. For sure. You know? For sure. And so we cannot write everybody off. And then there's black people who sold us out. Every slave revolt was, was thwarted by a black slave who snitched every one of them every single one of them you know you know and we need to understand that you know and every time i've had a physical altercation with a person they look like me i've never had a physical altercation with a white person and i'm not off this jim brown said well all the greatest people in my life have been white folks no, you know. i'm not saying that see that's what life gets tricky you know what i'm saying because you can't you, it's 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 not all or nothing it's a case-by-case right. case joint. 
Now, I will submit to you that I give black people a little extra credit because I know they're suffering from mental illness. So I take a little bit more stuff off black people than I will white people. So I think I give all black folks a little credit. And all white people I look at suspiciously until they show me something different. <laughs> I mean, me too. Like, I'm something that I will say like that. We all should as humans you know, on this planet. You know, you know, some white dude with a, a suit and a briefcase come to me. I'm looking. I'm I'm looking like somebody would look at somebody walking down the street looking shady. That's how. I, that's my response. Right, like, what did you, he, who he did has, you sell he today? A, he has a briefcase. <laughs> he has some suit on. I gotta be on my guard. You know. So I, I just want to say that. I mean, I think we. It's 2017. And I have an eight-year-old. Yeah, will he be eight next month? He's in the studio with us. What's up, Captain? Okay. Uh, and I don't want him to. I don't want him to go through a lot of stuff that we went through. You know, you had some messed up stories. I got some messed up stories. Right. What's your? Have you ever had a a, a, a situation where your taste has messed up? Other white people's impression of you. Every day, every time uh-huh. I open my mouth. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh you're have, you're you're not one of us. I offend I offend people constantly just with my existence. You know what I mean? But you know, you know, I I got you know I got a lot of shade because uh, you know you gotta understand I'm doing a Black Love Festival, right? I go from that. I'm doing to We Act Radio. We Act Radio. I have a white business partner. He's the executive director of uh, Social Security Works. Shout out to Social Security Works on the rights We Act Radio. I'm a sellout now because I have a white business partner. Or, right. um, you know, I'm working with, you know, um, uh, Enos Shalal. They know him as Andy right, Shalal right. Um, from Bus Boys and Poets. Or I did an event with a developer um, where we was debating gentrification. Right. Um, um, uh, the mayor and I was on speaking terms for um, quite some time. Uh, not now, unfortunately, but quite some time right. before she was mayor. Um, and these were questionable relationships that made me a sellout in the eyes of people I respect. And I don't want to call nobody names out, but it hurts me when I hear it. And I'm like, you don't know me? Like, you, like you would think that you know you done something for you know a, 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 you know a long enough to create uh, a body of work that would justify right. who you are and what right. you're about. And no, it's not it enough. It it's all matter. about appearances to some people, and they don't understand. And for the most part, it's people that don't ha- don't know how to play chess. I have problems with. If you don't know how to play chess, I typically have a problem with you because you will not understand none of my moves because you don't understand strategy. You know, I run a radio station. I have to be able to talk to these people. Now, right. there's no no one can ever say, "Come on, kiss somebody's butt." That, right. that you know, right. I challenge even my haters to come up with one of those scenarios. Right, right. I challenge my haters, all of y'all, come right. up with one time you can say I kiss somebody's butt. You know, good luck with that. But I so how can you say because I'm talking to somebody that there's a problem? You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, I mean it, it's it's ignorance and fear, you know, and I and I've been ignorance and fear. You know, it's how they control the entire freaking up, world. Straight up, and I, you know, I was just really and thinking, money, ignorance, fear, and money. Yeah, I've been thinking about this like a lot, like with cultural appropriation, because when I posed this question on Facebook the other day, I said, okay, so, you know, just giving this some thought, what if someone is adopted mm-hmm. and they're not sure of their cultural identity or their ethnic identity, you know? 
Are they not allowed to represent any culture? Are they not allowed to wear a dashiki because maybe they're not from Africa? Are they not allowed to rap? Or are they not? You know what I mean? Like, how do you draw the line, right? You know what I mean? Like, what's appropriating and what's just someone celebrating their own culture? You know, I hung out with somebody yesterday who's like seven different things, like two different versions of Native American, yeah. Italian, That's where we are black, now. and Irish. Like, what are you in French? I'm like, so what is he? Yeah. You know what I mean? So what's he allowed to do? What's he allowed to say? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then you're just going to go off of that based on looking at someone and you're just going to make a snap judgment ab- about them based on their skin color. Mm-hmm. And like, while I totally am on board with this, like reverse racism doesn't exist, but like biases exist. And if you judge someone based on how they look specifically their spin- skin color, mm-hmm. then like you're, you're, you're just, you know, perpetuating this madness. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, it doesn't work that way, you know? Um, and it's the same thing with gender identity. You know, a lot of the people that really want to define the gender identities are the same people that don't want to be looked at and then given a title based on how they look, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's gender or identity or whatever, yet are the same people like fighting to have those titles, you know? Um, Steph Grant, uh, Dope Since 88, uh, he's like one of my favorite, Omani Arma and Steph, Steph is like my two favorite Facebook feeds because they always like drop a lot of knowledge and you know, Steph is like, hey, you know, everyone's so, everyone's so woke now. We don't even need to fight. Like, y'all are just tearing each other down. You know what I mean? Like, finding, like, problems in, in everything. Uh, and the meanwhile, there's, like, that, Nazis on the streets with yeah. guns. Like, the enemy is super clear. And, like, insisting that someone is racist. No, you're racist. No, you're racist. No, I'm not racist. Maybe I'm getting the dialogue wrong. But I swear I'm not racist. Okay, well, then tell me how the dialogue goes. But instead, people would rather fight to the death to prove that someone's racist while there's literally a Nazi outside with a gun in his hand saying, yeah, I hate black people. So, like, we have to, like, like, dude, the enemy is mad clear. The enemy is also super hidden. But, like, you know, I I give this analogy a lot. Like, if you have a basketball team and someone shows up and is like, I played hockey my whole life, but I really want to be down with basketball. Let me get on the court. You'd be like, that's cool, but you should sit on the bench and get the towels and, and peel the oranges and learn the game for a few, and then we'll throw you out there. So mm-hmm. if you have people that want to be allies, you'd be like, cool, take that intention and just sit down and shut the fuck up for a minute, <laughs> and we will tell you how to move forward, but don't insist that they're racist because they said something racist once, or they're not fully understanding the depths of things. Like, take that hockey player and teach them how to be a basketball player. You know what I mean? Take that ambition and that desire, because the people, there's plenty of people out there that, have no desire to relate. I think everyone should see the movie, or excuse me, the film. The movie is soul playing and, and booty call and, you know, you know, the sin of a woman. You know, that, that, those are movies. The film, uh, Godfather, you know, uh, Color Purple, you know, uh, and American History X. Yeah. American History X, I think, is the most accurate analysis on how you create a racist and how you deconstruct mm-hmm. a racist. And I think everyone should see that. American History X, uh, forget the actor's name, I love him. Such a powerful movie, such powerful a hard movie film. to watch, man. Very painful. Uh, Avery Brooks was in it. I can't think of the, my, my white brother right now. Um, uh, he also was in 24 Hours with Spike Lee. That was another great film. Uh, I think... Everyone should see that. I think I, I think everyone should read, you know, Howard Zinn's People of History of the United States. I think it should be required reading in school, you know, but th- they don't want this type of information in front of people. They enjoy ignorance. 
And another thing is, is that to explain to your point on why a lot of people get it wrong, the confusion is because this, this, the, the, the setup breeds confusion. For instance, let me explain myself. If I am against, uh, quote unquote, Obamacare, you know, that my answer is no, I'm against Obamacare. That is a unified front. No, I'm against Obamacare. On the yes side, well, I'm for Obamacare. Some people like, well, I'm for single payer health care. I'm for universal health care for everybody. I'm for, you know, there's a lot of yeses. See, a yes opens up the Pandora's box to a myriad of, of versions of yes. Right. No is unified. Right. And there lies the problem. Mm. Be- and that's why the opposition is as strong as they are. Because no is simple. Whereas yes opens up the Pandora's box of opportunities and variations. And we and we, it's hard for us to unite right. around yes. Well, we don't even have like a clear game plan. You know what I mean? No, it's... we don't. No, we don't. And, we and I don't st- even know who you is. Democrats. Uh, I mean, yeah, you know, you know you, I would let that go. Any, right. It's like everyone. This two-party political system is, is pimping all of us, and we need to understand that. We need, we need, to, you know, we need to circumvent the system. We you need know, to pick the lock. You know what I think we need to do? So I have a theory on this. Like we need a free like, state of Jones. It's a little uh, it's a little like Shawshank Redemption, like chip, chip away at the One wall. of my favorite films. But uh what if like what if, you know, instead of um building yachts, you know, or or having seventeen cars in a garage, what if like every person of color with X amount of millions of dollars funded twenty five young um uh, government people like starting the schools go to like the the fake government shit mm-hmm. they do in high school whatever mm-hmm. they call it mm-hmm. uh and like recruit those people and pay for them to go to college and groom them to be council members and mayors and everything else right like if we want to play the game let's play the game and like let's take those kids that show that interest in that stuff and then lift them like fuck a record deal you know what i mean yeah finance my political campaign let me get on ward seven ward eight or whatever it is in your city you know what i mean Ted Leones, can we get can we get some money for that we got 10 million dollars for east of the river why, why don't we put a little piece of that you know yeah. enable right. some kids was it student council isn't that what it's called student council and like the mock government stuff they do in high school you can find the kids that are really interested in that and just continue to keep them interested in that i know a young man right now his name is marcus bachelor he's in anacostia he's in the east of the river i should say he's like school board um uh, he's on the school board and he is actually purposely grooming himself on pace to become mayor. And he's like twenty years old, and we need more of that. And he is like he's 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 on his path, right. you know. And I I want to encourage him. I look at him and I see his, his sincerity, and he he's clear, you know. And let's hope he doesn't get corrupted, you know. Well, that's what we have to make sure doesn't happen, right? If we had this system in place, like we groom basketball players, yeah. we groom hockey players and bas- baseball like players. Idea. Why not groom young senators? Why not shake it up? And then if they got enough money, you know, and then, you know, it's, I think it's also, you know, I, I, I joke often about running for mayor, which I don't really want to do, but my whole campaign would be like the empty Facebook profile. Like there's nothing there and it would all be like Snapchat and Instagram stories and just get everyone <laughs> in the city who doesn't normally vote to vote. And like, it would rock the boat. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just change, like take it out of the old guard. It's 2017. Mm-hmm. Nothing is the same as it was in 2010 or 2001 or 1990, you know, except for been, the voting system. It's only been one white woman that's run for mayor that I know of. It's Carol Schwartz, and she was a Republican. So, oh, yeah. well, yeah. I don't, I don't want to be mayor. I would bankrupt this saying, whole town. It'd be I'm up in saying, flames. Only, only one white woman I know of, 
correct me if I'm wrong, y'all. It's Carol, Carol Swanson. She was a Republican, which means I don't think that counts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that counts. You know, that'd It'd be interesting. Funny. I'd be like, free weed for everyone. Vote for me. I would. Crush. I mean, Slim. Ian Shalaw ran for mayor. You know, you know, you know. It, it, I, I wish he had um, gotten a little farther in the, um, uh, his Actually, effort. Actually, I donated to his campaign when oh, really? he did that, yeah. Yeah, I wish he had not ran as a Democrat. I wish he had ran as an independent. I think that he would uh, had more traction because he was trying to fit into, you know, he was trying to play down his, his you know, his Arabic <laughs> background, his right, Muslim background, right. you know, and he was trying to fit into the mold of da-da-da. He had some great ideas. I just think that um, he would have gotten farther as a um, uh, a more radical candidate, you know. Well, I think educating people, too. You know, we, we've been talking about this a lot, like creating like a cheat sheet before local elections. Because how many times have you gone into a, like an election to vote for something and there's like a bunch of names on there? You don't know who they are. And you just either you don't check know who the they box. are because they're not, a fi- they, they're not a factor in your life. Right. So, like, why don't we have cheat sheets? Like, why isn't somebody making a cheat sheet that's like, here's 10 questions and how all of them answered it. This one is pro this, anti that. You know, just break it down for people. Well, maybe that's something we at Grail should do. I mean, I think that would be great. And I would maybe love to get involved ne- with that. You yeah, know? the cheat sheet for the next a election. A layman's guide. To, you know, if you're not going to city council meetings, if you're not going to ANC meetings, you have no idea. Any yeah, that shit let's work. do that. Break it down for people, man. What is this guy about? What has he voted for in the past? What is he trying Are to do? Are you going to call people full of shit that are full of shit? I mean, dude, I can't. I don't. Know. <laughs> it's all I can do, man. You know what I mean? I'm Irish. I'm uh, honest. You know. Ah, uh, the um, fighting Irish. Hey you watch? Did you watch that um, fiasco with McGregor? Hell and, no. Yeah? Hell no. I don't watch that shit either. Hell no. Any self-respecting Irishman just drank Jameson in in silence. <laughs> you know. Uh, you know. Anacostia. There was um, a sign. There. There was a. You know. A protocol. There was no Irish or Black people allowed in Anacostia. So crazy. Yeah. I mean that. I can show you the sign. The signs. No Irish. No Black people in Anacostia. You know. Yeah. You know. And then for someone to give me shit because I want to, I'm willing to work with you. Right. Yeah. You know, like what? Like what? Why? What's the problem? You know. We need to. Yeah. You well, know, I've done some stuff that I'm sure. You know. I got. I got. I got haters, you know, on on multiple levels. You know, you might hear some about me. I mean, I know, I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure it'll be a good story, yeah. no matter what it is. You know? Yeah, you know. Well, you got you know. Kimon was with a white girl. Oh man! Did you know that? You know that Mr. Black Love was with a white girl. Oh man! You know, you got a picture? Can you prove it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's one picture that do exist though. There's one picture. You are so funny. There's only one picture. For it's now. Only one if picture. you have that picture, send it to me. <laughs> Molly, it will not pass it. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, you know. This is fun. It is fun, man. I really I hope enjoy we, these I conversations. Hope, I hope our audience, um, for all the millions of people viewing this, um, got something out of it. I do. I think they did. You know, let's hope so anyway. Got to turn this AC up a little bit. Well, you know, I think that, um, you know, we kind of talked about this a little bit outside. I feel like. You know, we just got to be leaders. We are the leaders we've been waiting for. We just got to be leaders, and we can't get hemmed up on some dumb shit. You know, Grindstone actually said yesterday, uh, cry in the shower, get cake in the streets. (laughs) Cry in the shower, get cake in the street. Like Grindstone just has a way of saying He would say so. He's a king of one-liners, man. Oh, he's pimpisms all day And shout out to Grindstone because he's also quite an artist, and I love some of his music, and I want to do more. uh, Now that I have We Act Radio, the audience has grown. 
um, due to our unfortunate, uh, unfortunate circumstances, of course. But because our audience has grown, um, I want to do more uh, on the music side. You know, we're yeah. a progressive talk radio station. Right. But I want to do more on the music side because somebody hit me to something because I was like, okay, you know, after eight o'clock, nobody wants to hear the progressive talk, so we stop playing music. Yeah. And it's and that's like I thought these were throwaway hours, and it was like, no, you know. In Europe, these are prime time hours. Oh, hell yeah. I'm like, Europe? I it, never thought about it. It's like, I need to internationalize my shit. Yeah, man. Get on that. Shout out to South Africa. I'm, I'm, I just got introduced to South African house music. Like, I'm like. Oh, uh, Black Coffee. Oh, Black Coffee. Black um, um, Motion, I think it's summer. They do the drums while they playing. Yeah. I'm like, I'm feeling it. Love. And I used to say, I hate house music. Now, I'm like, slam, this is, this is dope. It's super dope. It's really organic and somebody just told me Black Coffee um was at was at U Street Music Hall. Yeah, actually I I uh, a couple months ago. was part of an event of bringing him to DC for the first time like 5 years ago. Were you met the cat? Yeah. No, I didn't get to meet him. No. You know he got you, you know he only got use of one arm. Shut the front door. He had on when um when Nelson Mandela was released from prison, there was a lot of celebra- celebration. <laughs> But there was also some backlash because those people were still in positions of power. And so just like in Shawsville, some racist cat had drove a car through a crowd and hit a bunch of people. And one of the people they hit was the dude, the dude from um, Black Coffee. And his, his shoulder, he has some, some nerve damage in his shoulder. And so he has limited use of his arm. So you, whenever you see him, his arm uh, is his left or right? I don't know. I had to look on the video. But he would have one arm always still or in his pocket. He even slapped this dude backstage. And you, if you watch the tape, you see his arm. And because at first I was like, "Oh my goodness, G!" He slapped this dude and didn't even take his hand on his pocket. Right. You know, yeah. but it was because his, he only got use of one arm. Right. That's you know? crazy. He's you such know? a good DJ. He's. A, I'm. I'm. I really am so impressed with this yeah. guy. I'm t- like for real. Shout out to Black Coffee, Superman joint. Took because and I got introduced Saturday at the. Conquering um, dance performance at the G, uh, um, a listener auditorium at GW. Oh, okay. They had a, um, a house music segment. So these African dancers, they came out with headphones on and was showing how, you know, because uh, our culture is given so much. You know, we, we have reggae, we got house, we got go-go, we got hip-hop, we got jazz. We got It all comes from the same mother. And these are the children and aunts and uncles and stuff. And um, I won't get too off too much, but shout out to Black Coffee. I'm I'm a fan of South African house music, and um, I'm gonna um, I've been listening to it all for the past three days, nonstop in my That's house. Good stuff. You know, it reminds me of what you said earlier about you know early DC days. It was like go go and punk. And punk, man. There wasn't this divide. No, Planet Rock was was punk. They was listening to um uh uh what's the name of the guys? Craftworks. Right, right. Craftworks was the inspiration for Planet Rock. I mean, come on, we gotta get. You know, let's do the history, man. Yeah, and you know what? I feel like you know. So, so recently we did a um, we helped promote a show where it was back to the go go, and it was like TCB, UCB, TOB. TCB. Oh my goodness. And so this shout out to TCB, man. I hope y'all still playing somewhere doing something. They are. So check it. So we went we went and promoted this show and helped out Lamine and Justin from Jail Jail Enterprises. Just a little promotions for them. And uh, we decided, uh, like, re- a, a couple days after the show, they hit us up and they said, hey, we want to come in. We want to do a live band session downstairs with TCB. So we broadcast it live. We Are used, you like, serious? They still the playing thing. for real. For, dude, and they killed it, man. They were so, like, in the pocket, man. Super good. Super good. And so 
they hit us up again, and me and Justin uh, Yadi are now doing this Go Go Live series from One Love Massive. So every other week, every other Wednesday, we'll have a Go Go band perform live on Facebook. You know, on Facebook Live in the live mm -hmm. music stage downstairs. So okay. next next time we're doing Tob. So we're gonna have Backyard Rare. We're gonna get every single Go Go band in the whole city that's still performing to come in here and do a session. All right. Well, if, you and know, that's what we if need you to want, focus we, we on. We agree. We carry that broadcast if you want. Let's do that because. This is where we just need to be the leaders of the new school. You know what yeah. I'm saying? To me, the most important thing in DC music is preserving the legacy of Gogo -Go and making sure that it lives on, mm -hmm. right? And at the same time, like working with TCB that day was a pleasure. They were super professional. They rolled in. They set everything up. They played a great set. They shouted us out. They were mad thankful, and they packed up and they left. I mean, it, it was it was one of the smoothest experiences I've had yet. <laughs> There's something left there in the you bottle. Go. And they um they 100% recognize the value in aligning themselves with something like One Love Massive to be able to reintroduce. I love Go -Go, the name. You know, I love the name. Thank you. How'd you come up with that? Um, very much impact uh, impacted by Bob Marley and his music growing yeah. up. You know, he's definitely a um, mentor to me. A mentor I never met, but yeah, he smoked a lot too. Yeah, you know, I try to be like Bob every day. Yeah, you know? puff puff past. Shout out to Michelle and the Go Go All Stars. Uh, I want to shout them out. They did um like a Go Go workshop. Yeah, uh, we, we we was able to record this. Uh, I can't think of the name of the event right now. It was at the um, the library? No, what's the name? What's the name of the um, the the, um, the, little, the the little art spot down southwest? It was a church and it's all painted oh, up. Oh yeah, 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 blind wino. Blind wino, yeah, blind wino. They did a thing at the blind wino. Uh, I can't think of the name of the event. It was at the blind wino. I can't think of the name of the event right now. Creative time, yeah, creative time or something like that. Um, and she introduced their audience to Go-Go, and uh, she explained it. She would break it down like, okay, this is called the pocket, and this is why we call it the pocket, and we call it Go-Go because the beat goes, goes on and on. She told the story and <laughs> right. the history, and why are they performing? Right. And I got it on tape. Shout out to Michelle and Go-Go Austin. And you know, that's the most important thing. Like, if we lived in New Orleans and they were trying to ban horn players, would we just sit around and complain about the new people moving into condos, or would we try to save why, our music? Why do you think they want to ban, ban music in D.C.? Um, well, I mean, they don't really want any... I mean, I think I don't, I don't think they want black people congregating in large groups ever. No, and there's people scared of black people congregating in large groups ever. And I mean, you know what? Right. There's black people scared of black people oh, congregating. Well, that's terrible. I mean, yeah. but but people probably should be a little uh, intimidated by people who are being marginalized and killed by police on television every day. They should be. I got more problem with bougie negroes. Oh, well, I don't have a problem with any mm -hmm. of any mm -hmm. color. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, bougie there. negroes. I am not co-signing that. It's not, <laughs> did not. I said that. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> bougie negroes. Mm -hmm. Well, lovely people. I and bougettos. What's a bougetto? Bougettos are when you want to be bougie and ghetto. You can't make your mind up. You know what I'm saying? Okay, I thought maybe that was like a spin. You live, in the, you live in the projects, but you won't drink tap water. <laughs> like, right. You know, uh, I ain't encouraging you to drink Kool Aid. You know, don't drink the Kool Aid. Don't, don't drink, drink the Kool Aid, y'all. No. I had to educate the staff about the Jonestown massacre recently. Oh, really? They didn't know. They oh. knew the the phrase uh, "don't drink the Kool Aid," but they didn't know where it came from. Oh. I, I'm sorry. I didn't know that's where it came from. I know about the Jonestown Max, but I can't. Okay, dope. You didn't know that either. I didn't know that's where it came from. Ah, so I yeah. know about Jonestown Max. That's what it, he dosed all the Kool Aid. Yeah. Oh, it was. Oh, it was Kool Aid. And he made everybody drink the Kool Aid, and they all died. Oh snap! That's what it was. The, oh my snap! We need to insert that graphic. That's like the more you know. 
See, this is culture exchange, ladies and gentlemen. See, that's right. Culture exchange, ladies and gentlemen. Jim Jones, man. Another yeah. another example of a white man you can't trust. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't follow no white man in South America. <laughs> right. Any damn way. Like, are you right? fucking crazy? You know, I don't know. I would have went, I probably would have followed John Brown to hell. Right. If I was there, I would have followed John Brown to hell. I'm going to get educated more on that because I, I yeah. love. You know, and I, I think I think we just need to tell our stories more. You know, like I watch music documentaries all the time, and they give mm-hmm. me so much life. I learned so much about how things went down and who was managing who and what deal happened when and how it happened. And I, I mean, love interviews. Me too. I love interviews. Me too. We got to you know? get people excited about that shit. So we got to get them excited about GoGo and like, we, you know, it's not old people's music. Like oh, we have man. to. We have shout to. out to White Boy from Red Essence. White yeah. Boy from Red Essence hit me up. And make sure that I was okay and we at Rio was okay. We did, I, and Whiteboard doesn't know me. We met one time. We did one interview, but because he enjoyed the interview, I did my research. He he, he commented complimented me on the preparation that went into the interview. Um, and, and in fact, I've predicted him, um, Rarison's getting the key to the city. Mm-hmm. You know, da 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 da. Actually, he came into the interview. Knowing, knowing that they was going to get it, but he couldn't announce it. Right, right, right. And I went on, and we haven't talked about it. We never talked about this. Right. And I said, man, y'all need to have the key to the city. The man, y'all need to give Red Essence the key to the city. What's the problem? You know, like, da, 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 da. He was like, yo, did you? Did somebody tell you? I'm like, no, <laughs> nobody told me. So that was like the right. bomb. And he hit me up to make sure when he heard about the robbery and everything. And he offered to support us. And he's like, so white boy, thank you. Thank you to Rare Essence. Oh, also thank you to EU. Sugar Bear sponsored two events at We Act Radio. Shout out to Sugar Bear. We're going to get y'all. Our next thing is to make sure that Sugar Bear and EU gets to, um, the key to the city. I think that they are the cultural ambassadors. Right. Because uh, they're just a little bit older than Rare Essence. Right, right. And so I just want to shout folks out that has helped us, you know, that and and, and has really, you know, uh, contributed. And shout out to uh, Cole Pink, Medea um, Benjamin. Um, this wonderful um, uh, white anti-war group. Uh, they was our largest donate donor to um, uh, We Act Radio on our, our, our GoFundMe. Uh, they gave two thousand dollars. Two thousand dollars. That's so, a lot of money, man. That's a lot that's of money, a lot of money you know? to not having the budget you know? for that yeah, either. You know? you know. And to my friends, you know, friends that didn't have money, they just you know gave me a hug or you know the lipstick on the window and you know made sure my kid had you know something to eat. You know, I mean, I just want to say I'm so grateful. That now I know I have an audience. I didn't know before. I wasn't sure. You know, you never know <laughs> how to qualify. That's right. You know, so I want you to know that you're, you're supported. And and I think that your your um, analysis on taking the city over and let's, let's be leaders is not falling on deaf ears. I think our raison d'etre, uh, that's French. Oh, shit. For our reason for being. Is that we are, we're here. And I think that people who have been in this city for, uh, for generations uh, are the ones that should be leading it. Because I always said that we have so many times seeing people come to the city and they in positions of power and then indigenous natives are subjugated to them. You know? Right. You know, that's, that's a real reoccurring thing. And we need to address that. We got to change it, you know. We yeah, gotta, that culture we gotta, has to change. We got to burn DCRA down and start all the way over. Hey, right. people we tell gotta, me, oh, you're from D.C.? I'm like, yeah. They're like, oh, I, I, I never met anyone from D.C. You live here. Yeah, you and never met like, That's insulting. Like, you know? where do you live? DuPont yeah, Circle? Yeah, like, oh, you, you know, like, what, I don't talk like those people, you know? Right. I don't sound like those people, you know? Because it's kind of like, 
you know, up until maybe three years ago, the French embassy was giving, I mean, the French government was giving out warnings, travel advisors, not to go to uh, east of the river. Right. Don't oh go to Anacostia. God, that's terrible. Don't go to Anacostia. Well, and you know, you know, uh, I, I bring up this point because, you know, I can always tell when I've got a DC as fuck hater on the line, you know, and uh, usually, usually people will say, well, are you from here? And uh, and I always tell them, well, yes, I, I, I was born in the DMV. I was born at Bethesda Naval. I was raised in Falls Church. And I've been in D.C. proper 15 years. But you know who wasn't from D.C.? Marion Barry, Chuck Brown. Neither no, Marion Barry was from um, Mississippi, yeah, Tennessee. One of them was from North Carolina. One the other Chuck's from, from North Carolina. I think Georgia then for uh, a... Yeah. So, so... What are you saying? Like, we got to get <laughs> off of that shit, right? You know what I mean? You don't have to be from here to do something good for your city. Are you going right? to represent? Like, Chuck Brown showed up from another place at one point. So did Marion Barry. Marion Barry had a tremendous impact on this city still does in a lot of ways with your summer jobs program you know it's a legacy i'm a product of the summer jobs program a lot of the people that i really appreciate and respect in my life are products of the summer jobs program so you know um are we gonna take away that from him because don't he wasn't this, born in dc you know please what I mean? don't take this as an insult but i i, I credit the marion bear summer employment program for introducing me to white people uh, because I worked in the mailroom at a law firm. It was Ross Dixon and Max back. And this law firm was was a cool gig. I actually was doing paralegal work, and I, they didn't tell me, so I, I was ignorant. I didn't know. I'm, I'm getting mailroom salary working as a paralegal. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but um, they would have a party at the last Friday of every month to celebrate all the birthdays of the month or whatever, whatever. So they would knock off at 12 o'clock. They would bring in the catered food and then the bartenders and right. and uh, and you would be hanging out with the the partners of the law firm with the mailroom. Right. Night. So it was my first time being in a social setting with white people with money. You know, I'm a poor black kid. I'm hanging out with, you know, I'm sitting next to somebody worth a million dollars and we having drinks, talking shit, right. you know, you know. And so by watching intoxicated white people. <laughs> you learned all their weaknesses. No, I just observed, like, <laughs> oh, they just as fucked up as we are. Exactly. <laughs> Man, like, like the, the, the whole aura, because we go, you can't say this about white people. Like, it was like, uh, I don't have right. that. I have none of that. Right. I have none of that. We, I understand. And I think that a lot of people, they still have um, stereotypes and they have barriers and, and inferiority complexes. I have to say that openly. I, a lot of my people have an inferiority complex that prevents them from seeing themselves on equal footing, even though the resources are not equal and, and all that, mm. but you need to know your value. And I know my value and I'm comfortable in whatever situation you put me in. That's why I can sit here and say, Ted Leonis, you need to meet with me so we can talk about some of these ideas, right? You got $10 million allocated for East of the River. Let's make it happen. Let's change the city. Let's change the culture. Let's do this. And I know Ted gets it because he's from Brooklyn. Right. So I heard this stat about the, you know, Ward 7 and Ward 8 and Anacostia in general. Um, and I don't know how accurate it is because uh, I, I don't remember the source. But it said that it, uh, uh, Anacostia waterfront property is the most uh, sought after and valuable waterfront property in the entire country. Let me give you a weak radio scoop. Okay. Uh, I did an interview with George Hawkins, the CEO of DC Water. Mm hmm. CEO of DC Water. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, not a bad guy. Um, shout out to George Hawkins. Uh, footnote: Before he came on, the light lead pipe replacement rate 
was 300 years. It means it would have took 300 years at the current rate to replace all the lead pipes is actually, you know, um, uh, um, you know, dirtying the water. It's down to 100 years, right, mm-hmm. at the current rate. The pipes they're using to replace them has a life expectancy of 75 years. Okay. So they could actually, with government support, have a jobs campaign of full employment right. for everybody to make these lead piping replacements happen in our lifetime. Like we can knock this out like in 10 years. Manufacture them here. Everybody can have a job for 10 years right now. Right. And, and replace the city pipes. Not just in this city, but across the country, but 10 years. Right. All right. So having said that, they are, instead of focusing solely on this pipe replacement, are simultaneously building an aqueduct. And this aqueduct is supposed to take all the stormwater drainage that's the number one pollutant in the rivers, uh, basically sewage. Right. Uh, for all intents and purposes. When it rains hard, sewage overflows into the river. Ugh. Okay. That's why the river's brown. Okay. They're going to turn on this aqueduct, and overnight, it's going to clean the river by 50%. It's going to be 50% cleaner overnight, and it's going to be cleaner than that over a period of time. Right. Okay? Now, that means that waterfront property, because the river is going to be twice as clean, might double. Right. Overnight, once they hit this switch. Right. Like, so we have not seen the limit of just displacement and justification and housing costs and the housing crisis in the city. It's coming. It's coming. And that's why I've had people in my face. Oh, come on. What you going to do when Anacostia looks like Adams Morgan? Uh, I'm not going to wait for that to happen. Right, that's right. stuff we can do right now. Right. There's policies that we can do right now because you can challenge the city right now. Ask any rel- um, a council member or the mayor what is the city's retention plan for long-time residents and small businesses in the city and they have none yeah because the only thing they care about now is revenue streams they have um municipal bondholders that they'd be holding to um the city is a corporation Mm -hmm. and people are investing in it uh much like the stock market they're wagering on and making money and if the city doesn't uh give a a roi on their investment Mm -hmm. and you got to cut some social safety net services to get me my money then that's what you're going to do to balance this budget and give me my and i've seen this happen Mm -hmm. mayor gray educated me on this he was council member at the time we was fighting for a social safety net program we was proposing a one percent excuse me we were proposing a progressive income tax on the top uh one percent of the city because, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, just uh, do a fact check, but as of five years ago, the top tier tax bracket in the city was $40,000. So if you was making $40,000 or $40 uh, million, you was paying the same percentage in taxes. And so we were saying, well, why don't you go where the money is, charge them a higher tax rate, right? as opposed to cutting social safety net programs like TANF and food right. stamps and things like that that's affecting poor people. Because they do that all the time. And they say, well, we go where the votes are. These people don't vote, so they that's don't matter. Happens, right. And these are the conversations that, that, that people need to understand that's had. They say this out in the open. And so the mayor said that we couldn't do this progressive income tax because our bondholders would lose their mind. And I was sitting here being ignorant. I'm like, bondholders? What bondholders got to do with this? And they kind of found, oh, municipal bondholders. They're expecting a return on their investment. And this will minimize their investment, you know? And I'm like, oh, there, there lies the unforeseen, mm-hmm. the unseen hands in all of this. 
And people need to understand, like, what, the, the more, it's like James Baum said, um, to be conscious in America, to be black and somewhat conscious in America, is to be in a constant state of rage, mm-hmm. which is why I'm an angry black man in therapy. Well. And you don't look too happy yourself. I'm an angry white woman non-therapy, but shout out to Jameson. Shout out to Jameson. Uh, shout out to um, Apothic Red. That's what you got me drinking. That's right. And actually, I'm, shout out to Calabash. Oh. You got to have some cognac in here for me. Next time. Next time. We're going to do this again? Absolutely. We should do this on a regular basis. Shout out to Calabash if you're listening right on T Street. I mean, on 7th Street. They're uh, good peoples. They're amazing. Sonata, Dr. Sonata, she's a fifth generation Jamaican herbalist. Mm. And their whole staff is super love. And they make uh, amazing uh, medicinal beverages we, i need some medicinal beverages in my life you do they're not weed let me not you know <laughs> calabash is not selling weed let me make that okay explicitly clear right. but if you bought a book they you would, would exchange get you get a free <laughs> maca, matcha latte no this is not uh wash hydro hey shout out to all the independent bookstores in the city uh, i want to shout them out because um, we're trying to yeah. bring the only bookstore east of the river and we've been supported by a lot of bookstores september 30th if y'all go to politics and pros and catch us hopefully me, Derek Hyra, and hopefully uh, Ted Leonis, um, Cappuccino City. We're going to be doing that September 30th, September 9th, um, Bloom Bars. Don't forget September 23rd. September 23rd is Art All Night. I'm going to be doing something with this crazy ass, you know, uh, radical right here. My, you know, Free State of Jones comrade in arms <laughs> right here. Irish, you know, I'm, My I'm Irish in there. Arms. I'm right. in there. Hey, black and Irish, hey, baby. Hey, hey, see Yo, that? You see black that? and tan, black <laughs> and tan, black and tan. You ever seen Braveheart, man? The yeah. Irish guy was like the, you know, he saved everybody. Yo, house, yeah, that was my dude. You know what I'm saying? The Whiskey. God, God told me to tell me Potatoes? that he's going to get me out of this. That's right. But you're fucked. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Irish, you know what I mean? Potatoes, dude. Yeah. Hey, Slim, shout out to Irish. We're good. You know what I'm saying? We're good to go. We're good to go. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks uh, for having me. Last minute, too. You know, I really just, I really wanted to have you in because I just really wanted to, um, you know, talk about what happened with WEAC, but then really focus on how much the community came together, you know? So, the community um, came together na- um, citywide and nationwide. We were, we we're grateful for that and thank you. And, you know, I think it's a, it's a great example of leaving this crabs in the barrel shit in the past, you know? Uh, if you're an old DC head and you find yourself angry about a lot of things, you, you should probably take a walk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Slow it down because um, yeah. your fundraiser is testament to like what's going on in D.C., you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, things are bad and we're getting, you know, things are bad. The government, there's a lot of issues living in D.C., being in D.C., but, but to see people come up with $20,000 in two days or three days. 48 hours. You know, and I guarantee you some people had never even heard your radio station and donated because they saw the value in that. And I think that's um, incredibly important and incredibly that, inspiring. That definitely happened. That's why I'm saying that our, our station has grown in, in the midst of all of this. So if you're somebody who's thinking about how it used to be, man, let go of that shit. Focus on how it is right now. Build the community you want to live in, you know, create mm. the universe that you want to live in, you know. Bridge that gap. Be the agent of change, you know, and take some risks, you know. Um, I, I, I'm grateful for, for the space that I'm allowed to take up, you know what I mean, uh, in my community. And I, I try to constantly replenish whatever I am taking and, and, and replace it with something, you know, equally positive. Um, and so I really appreciate this conversation. And I like to 
you know, just really appreciate, you know, everybody who donated to that fund and how quickly. Um, and maybe things aren't as bad as we think they are. You know, maybe maybe DC uh, actually supports its own, and maybe we should just stop this self-fulfilling prophecy of talking about what DC isn't and focus on what DC is. You know? We are supposed to be the shining example for not only the country but for the world if this is supposed to be the shining city on the hill. It's just that we can't wait for the government to do it for us. We got to do it ourselves. We at Creole.com support us and uh, uh, continue uh, to utilize our platform, and we're going to do what we can to uh, facilitate more collaborations going forward. Exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Awesome. (laughs) Or as they say in Ireland, slancha. 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 Not cilantro, but slancha. What's that mean? Yeah, cheers. Slantra? Slancha. Slancha. It's it's S L A I N T E, but it's slancha. All right, I want you to text it to me so I can spell it correctly and use it. I got you. I got you. This has been a a wonderful cultural exchange. That's right. See, I won't even get mad if I hear you at the bar saying that. I'll be like, what? You're not Irish. That's right. It's culture. Take those words. Yeah, Rick Rubin and 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 and, and Russell Simmons. You know what I'm saying? That's right. I was gonna give him as an example, man. You know, that's the thing about watching these documentaries. Like, you know, somewhere in the mix, there's always like a cool white person. Do you know Russell Simmons always did not want to sign Public Enemy, and Rick Rubin made he him do it. He was the one that, yeah. Like, I mean, like really, like Public Enemy, y'all. Rick Rubin is responsible for right. bringing the world Public Enemy. Right. So Public Enema. Right, so so let's just get past that. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, we gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta make it happen. So let's uh let's just continue these conversations and let me know how I can get more involved with We Act uh, moving forward because uh, that's important to me. So I would like to be to be there more. Got it. Rest in peace, Dick Gregory. Word. All right. See you guys.